0: Hello on the Left Siders, this is your funny football show. Obviously I've not done that for 18 months now and I was just itching to get back into football because that's where that's where I feel comfortable, that's where I belong. Good day to you podcasters. Let's spend some time together, shall we? Just you and me having a look at some of the silly stuff that's happened in the world of football over the last few days. We are deep in the gooey centre of the transfer window right now and the big deal that everyone is keeping an eye on is that of Alexi Sanchez to Manchester City. Or Manchester United. Or Chelsea. Or maybe even staying at Arsenal. You can tell this one's a big story because around 99% of the football media at the moment is talking about it and nothing else. Indeed, as Football365 pointed out in their excellent Media Watch column this week, The word Sanchez appears 29 times on the football homepage of the Express website. But Media Watch's favourite headline is What shirt number could Alexis Sanchez wear if he signs for Manchester United? A fascinating story, I'm sure, which must surely conclude that if Sanchez does go to Old Trafford, he'll probably end up wearing the number seven shirt, an iconic shirt in those parts, which is usually reserved for big names and big money additions like Sanchez. But that wouldn't make for much of a click-through gallery now, would it? So instead, The Express chose to list all the numbers that Sanchez could possibly wear, which, to be fair, is pretty much any of them. Thankfully, they did resist the urge to print every single number under the sun and stopped at seven random and speculative suggestions, including highlights like number nine, number 17 and number 24. It's more like an episode of Sesame Street than serious journalism, Actually, that's a bit harsh on Big Bird. Perhaps he should just choose to wear all the numbers on his shirt at the same time. 3, 9, 5, 8, 7 and 14. Which makes perfect sense because if he does get a United, that also reads as his weekly salary. Seven. But while we wait to see if Sanchez is going to join Pep Guardiola's resistance or help build Jose Mourinho's giant Death Star, we can all just amuse ourselves with the new managers on the block this week. Firstly, finally perennial managerial prick tease Ryan Giggs has decided that his four games on and three years off work-life balance needs addressing and has taken up a pretty big job, deciding that he is the man who can lead the Welsh football team to dramatic failure to secure qualification at the next major available tournament. Unfortunately for Giggsy, most football fans still remember his rather casual relationship with the national team from his playing days. And there were a fair few combinations of this Sterling gag from real underscore rob underscore warner on Twitter Presumably he'll only be managing them in the games he fancies And someone else will take control of friendlies I mean even big Alan Shearer got in on the action It'd be interesting to see how he gets the players to turn up for friendlies wouldn't it When he made his debut in (laughs) 91 I think it was And the qualifier he didn't play in a friendly for nine years I think And when you're sharing gags with Alan you know you're in trouble typical. In truth, it could actually be a great appointment. Sure, it is Giggsy's first real managerial job, but it was the same for Mark Hughes when he took control of Wales. Plus, this guy is a genuine Welsh footballing legend. He's really going to understand those players in the dressing room, and surely he's going to treat every one of them like they were his own brother. (coughs) (coughs) On second thoughts, that's not a good idea. So what kind of manager will Giggsy Wigsy be? Luckily, there is a video that has emerged online this week of Giggs's final end-of-season team talk from his brief spell as caretaker manager at Manchester United. So now we know exactly what type of manager he's going to be. The team that we've got, we've got experience, we've got pace, we've got players who you can are comfortable on the ball. It's a good game to play in and one that I'm looking forward to because of the exciting players that we've got on the pitch. The answer is... A boring one. Suddenly, we now know the real reason that Giggs hasn't followed his old mucker Genev into punditry. It's because he makes Michael Owen look like Tom Jones in the Showman Stakes. What a goal from Michael Owen. But if Welsh fans are thinking that that appointment could be a little uninspiring, then spare a thought for the supporters of Stoke City. Having been turned down by their first three choices for a manager to replace Mark Hughes, the club have ended up appointing Paul Lambert. in the football equivalent of going for a night out and failing to pull at the bar, the club, and the kebab shop, but finally getting lucky in the taxi queue home. In other words, they’ve just taken whatever they can get at 3am smelling of stale stellar and chili sauce. Uh. Even the club’s official announcements seem to lack any real pizzazz as they published a pretty low-key message on Twitter. Although, I can't help thinking that there may have been a hidden subtext to the announcement. Stoke City are delighted... Stoke City are disappointed... ...to confirm the appointment of Paul Lambert... ...after being turned down by Gary Rowett, Chico Sanchez, Martin O'Neill, Robbie Williams, Paul Ince, Paul Chuckle and Paul the Octopus... ...as our new manager... ...as our custodian of relegation. (whistles) Paul himself, though, doesn't seem put off. In fact... I'd go as far to say he seems pretty darn confident. I know the owners were very impressed with how much you knew about this squad Mm. already. Are you sure they've got what it takes to stay up? 100%. They've got more than enough. Only 100%? That makes you 10% less sure than most other managers, Paul. Look, if it all goes tits up, then let's just take a lesson from Carlos Tevez. He is back home in Brazil after an ill-fated spell in the Chinese Super League. A spell which he spent as the highest paid player in the world. A spell in which he played just 16 games and scored just four goals. And on returning to Boca Juniors, a spell which he described to Argentinian TV as being on vacation for seven months. Great, Carlos. Really great, mate. It's lovely that you've had a nice little holiday. And it's only cost the club who hired you around £17 million in wages. 17 million quid For a holiday That's almost as much as it costs for a family of four To go to centre parks and to school holidays Ta-da Football stuff all wrapped up in a nice little bow That's kind of what we do here And we'll be doing it again on Monday So hit subscribe now And you'll get the show when it's ready Enjoy whatever it is you're doing for the rest of the day Unless it's something like really horrible In which case don't enjoy it Because that'd be weird and I'll see you next time. Bye bye, bye bye, bye bye. On the left side is written and produced by Ant McGinney and Jim Salverson for abrupt audio. boy, 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 boy.